the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. It is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the, the sixth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Very, very packed show in terms of guests today. Coming up in about a half an hour, we are going to be talking with um, uh, an organization that is under fire, I guess is the best way to say this, from an organization that has no business pointing and firing at anybody. And, of course, I'm speaking about the Southern Poverty Law Center. We all know the Southern Poverty Law Center is a far-left hate group that makes its living accusing other organizations of being far-right hate groups simply because they disagree with them. Generally speaking, they classify any organization that lives the principles of the Bible by way of Christianity, they classify them as hate group. And the latest uh, target for them is the D. James Kennedy Ministries, and they are appealing a decision by a federal judge in September to dismiss their defamation and discrimination lawsuit, which is something that is should happen on a regular basis. Every one of the organizations targeted by the SPLC should be sued, and they should have to spend their, uh, spend their millions of dollars in leftist donations that fund them uh, on uh, defending themselves. So we are going to talk with the uh, board of, uh, a member of the board of directors of the D. James Kennedy Ministries. Dr. Frank Reich is going to be joining us. Wright, rather. Frank Wright is going to be joining us uh, at about 9.35 to defend himself and themselves against the SPLC. In the 10 o'clock hour, at the top of the next hour, you did hear, right? that President Trump has officially withdrawn the United States from the Paris Climate Accord. He wasn't able to do so, even though he made the announcement a long time ago. He wasn't able to do so until now. He has. That has the left screaming about what this is going to mean about 
climate change. Jane Fonda yesterday was on The View claiming we have just 11 years left before this planet disintegrates. What's the reality of it? Gregory Wrightstone is going to be joining us. He's a geologist, and he's the best-selling author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. He'll present the latest factual data on the uh, climate myths uh, in a manner that's insightful and entertaining. At least that's what uh, I plan to get out of him is insight and entertainment. And quite frankly, we will be laughing at the uh, chicken littles who claim that the sky is falling. So Gregory Wrightstone will be joining us. And then at the bottom of the next, I told you we're heavy with guests today. You're going to want to be here for David Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They are all over the uh, cartel killings, the family slaughtered in uh, what can just, I don't know, I don't know any other way to describe it other than being slaughtered. Uh, this family was targeted uh, as if they were some sort of a, a you know, a, a rival cartel. I don't know how they could make a mistake and look at a van full of children and think that's a cartel, but uh, that's why I think this is a lot more, there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. But it does underscore the threat and the danger that continues to be posed by our unchecked, even though it is better checked now, it is nowhere near what it needs to be in terms of national security, our southern border. And you might say, well, this happened on the other side in Mexico. Sure, it did. But do you think those cartel members stay on the other side of the border in Mexico? Do you think that those gangs, those drug-running gangs, stay on the other side of the border? Of course not. We know that millions and millions, no, billions of dollars worth of illegal substances come into this country by way of our southern border every year, including the dangerous people like the ones who shot up the family in in Mexico, uh, like the uh, same deranged individuals there who bring the product with them. All of that is a threat to our national security. So we're going to cover all of those stories coming up here on the program this morning. I do want to start, however, in a place where I was yesterday to a degree on this impeachment uh, nonsense, the coup d'etat against the President of the United States. Does the appearance of Hunter Biden's name in State Department email traffic, which is what we discussed yesterday at some length, show corrupt influence on U.S. policy as it was practiced under the Obama-Biden administration? The answer to that, honestly, can only... The idea that Ukrainian officials, including Burisma holding officials, were emailing American State Department officials, the State Department led by John Kerry at that time, to try to convince them to get rid of, to help them get rid of a prosecutor who was making life miserable for Hunter Biden's company, Hunter Biden's, uh, you know, the, the board that Hunter Biden sat on, rather, uh, Burisma Holdings. How can it be anything other than corruption? How can it be any, anything other than influence peddling? I mean, if you think about it, the timing of Joe Biden's infamous intervention in Ukraine, in which he bragged about getting the prosecutor fired within six hours, or else billion, uh, billions of dollars in aid were going to be withheld from Ukraine, that influence peddling, the, the timing of that cannot be just a coincidence. He bragged about that. Biden claims he did so because um, the federal prosecutor, Victor Shokin, uh, had not aggressively prosecuted corruption, including that at Burisma, where his son Hunter uh, Biden sat on the board. 
But, of course, he never talked to his son about that at all. Just coincidence that he's investigating, and uh, not investigating, really, he is interfering, rather, uh, with what is going on in Ukraine. But the new emails show that Hunter's name was being tossed around the State Department, and not by accident. The, a month earlier, the firm pleaded that Victor Shokin was being too tough on Burisma, and that's why they wanted some influence from the U.S. government to try to stop that. During that February 2016 contact, a U.S. representative for Burisma sought a meeting with Undersecretary of State Catherine Novelli. I talked to you about this yesterday to discuss ending the corruption allegations against the Ukrainian firm where Hunter Biden worked as a board member. They used Hunter Biden's name to reach the U.S. State Department in the hopes that the State Department would act on behalf of the vice president's son. This was solely for the purpose of getting Ukraine to back off the corruption probe of Burisma. The email uh, uh, argued that Burisma had been unfairly targeted by Shokin without evidence and outside of due process, and it noted very pointedly that two high-profile U.S. citizens worked with Burisma, and one of them's name was Hunter Biden. If you don't think that was an attempt to get the U.S. Uh, State Department being operated by the Obama-Biden administration with biden by the way joe that is being the point man on uh, policy with ukraine then you just don't want to know the truth it is impossible to ignore that reality which is why it is also then impossible to ignore why this impeachment scandal continues to grow this is wagging the dog i'm just going to say it I think the left knows that one of their top-tier candidates may be still the front-runner for, pre- for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States. I think they know that he is in serious trouble because of what was done with his son uh, at Burisma and his role in all of it. And so, therefore, we have to impeach Trump and keep the focus on him and a very you know, benign phone call to the Ukrainian president about all of this. And again, this is projection. This is Democrat projection. Accuse others of doing that of which you are guilty. That is exactly what they are guilty of here. Interfering with with, uh, Burisma Holdings, interfering with the investigation of Burisma Holdings in the Ukraine, the uh, United States State Department, the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, and Joe Biden's son being on the board of that uh, energy company, it can't be coincidence. It's not possible there is no such thing as coincidence when it comes as... um, uh, as as wide and vast as this is. There are so many elements of this that all have to come together for this to be uh, what it is. And, and we're finding out more about those every single day. So we know what's going on. They are wagging the dog. They are trying to point the finger of blame at Trump because they know full well that any investigation of what went on in Ukraine vis-a-vis Hunter Biden is going to land in the lap of Joe Biden. And that perhaps is why people like Alan Dershowitz are speaking out about the, the the ridiculous impeachment inquiry being run uh, by Nancy Pelosi. Alan Dershowitz is a liberal Democrat. He's a liberal Democrat, and he, but he is an honest guy. He is, and, and it sounds like a contradiction in terms, right? It does sound, kind of kind of sounds like an oxymoron. Liberal Democrats, generally speaking, aren't honest guys, but he is, and he is watching Nancy Pelosi run this sham of an investigation. Or better yet, allowing Adam Schiff to run this sham of an investigation 
um, against Donald Trump, knowing full well that Trump did nothing wrong. And if there is anything that needs to be investigated here, it is Joe Biden. Dershowitz was on uh, Laura Ingram along with another panel, and this is what he Alan, had to say. Look, Nancy Pelosi, while he's meeting with the Queen and doing the state visit, make sure this comment, or someone in her caucus makes sure it comes out that she says she hopes she sees him in prison. Well, I and now you, they're criticizing Trump for that? I have to tell you, as a liberal Democrat, I am appalled at Nancy Pelosi. The idea of her weaponizing the criminal justice system and calling for the imprisonment of the president of the united states without him being charged with any crime without him being charged with any impeachable offense it's just outrageous it sounds like the conversation between stalin and uh... and beria where beria said to stalin show me the man and i'll find you the crime you can't just target a president and say we want to see him in prison without producing evidence first of all a president can't be uh, tried and convicted and imprisoned uh, while he's serving as president of the United States. I don't know what she had in mind, but it was absolutely appalling. As a liberal civil libertarian, the idea of the most important Democrat in the United States calling for the imprisonment of a president is such a core violation of civil liberties, the rule of law, and American justice, she ought to be absolutely ashamed of herself. And of And, of course, she's not ashamed of herself because she has to do this. This is exactly what her party has needs her to do. Because if they don't keep the pressure on Donald Trump, somebody's going to start looking more closely at Joe Biden. And John Solomon from The Hill and from uh, The Washington Times, he is one of those who is doing that. Uh, Fox News is doing that. They're investigators at actual... um, journalistic enterprises and i say that because i can't just say it newspapers and tv stations because they're not journalists uh, uh, journalistic enterprise anymore the ones that are still how, how did kirsten out phrase it last week i think it was the ones that still have journalistic curiosity intellectual curiosity which is what investigative reporters used to operate by we will find the bo- their way to the bottom of this they will find Joe Biden and Hunter Biden at the bottom of this. Those who are looking to just advance the Democrat narrative, continuing their run as enemy of the people, well, uh, that's where we are. And by the way, speaking of the latter, the very last thing I said as we take this time out, Amy Robach laying it all out. Project Veritas getting her on a hot mic, laying it all out as to why ABC would not let her air her Jeffrey Epstein expose that could have and would have netted Bill Clinton as well. If you don't think that the mainstream press is the enemy of the people that Donald Trump talks about, keep listening. By the end of the next segment, you will. Right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 925. So you probably have heard by now, if you're paying attention to the news, the real news, by the way, not the uh, sanitized news that you get from and the the agenda-driven news that you get from the uh, mainstream networks. But if you have been paying attention, Project Veritas is back, and they have some unbelievably important audio to share. And I'm going to share it with you as well. Uh, on a hidden mic, a uh, hot mic, if you will, ABC News anchor Amy Robach, who, by the way, is not to blame here for this. 
She is not the problem. The problem is her bosses at ABC. Remember I talked about journalistic curiosity? There was a time when they wanted to sniff out news, when they wanted to expose corruption at the, at the highest levels, when they wanted to expose uh, crimes, quite frankly. But those times are gone. Amy Robach was caught on the mic uh, with Project Veritas, saying that she filmed an interview with Jeffrey Epstein's sex slave, Virginia Roberts, that she spent several years trying to get on the air, but the network would not uh, uh, cooperate and put this on the air because there were concerns that Prince William and Kate Middleton would no longer grant the network any interviews because what she found was going to pull in not only Jeffrey Epstein, but also Bill Clinton and the royal family. The network spiked the story that Amy Amy Robach tried to get on the air, which is what she lamented in this hot mic segment. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out. And it's like these new revelations. And I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey. Yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago saying, like, aunt, like, we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. I had it all three years ago. I had it all three years ago, and they would not let her run it. Jeffrey Epstein is now dead, and she had thoughts on that, by the way, as well, including whether or not Jeffrey Epstein actually committed suicide in prison while awaiting trial or whether he was murdered. She knows because of everything that she was about to report on that he was not. She absolutely believes he was murdered. He did not kill, commit suicide. Now, everything that she said in that little uh, uh, off mic, well, she thought she was off mic, but it was a hot mic, thanks to Project Veritas. Everything she just said sounds horrible. We don't know how much of it is true. That's not the goal. That's not the job of the journalists. The journalist isn't to convict. The journalist's job is to present the information, the evidence that they uncover of corruption and criminal activity. Was Bill Clinton implicated in this and to what degree? I don't know. Was um, uh, uh, the, the royal family, Andrew, uh, uh, Prince Andrew, is it Prince Andrew, I think it is, was he implicated in this to what degree? I don't know. They mentioned Alan Dershowitz, so I played last segment. Uh, this is all about Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island and the number of people who flew on planes to get to it uh, with Jeffrey Epstein, where it was populated by Epstein's sex slaves, children, in many cases, uh, in, in one of the most elaborate and, and repulsive pedophilia rings maybe this country, as Amy Robach said, has ever known. 
Now, I don't know who's guilty and who isn't, but this should have been presented. Journalism requires that this information about elected officials, royal family members, uh, public public figures, this information needed to be presented, and then it needed to be uh, investigated criminally to find out who was, uh, you know, wrong wrongly um, uh, implicated and who was actually and correctly implicated. But this is what we mean when we talk about ABC, NBC, CBS, New York Times, Washington Post, and on down the line being enemies of the people. They won't do the work the people need them to do. 25, 35 years ago, this would have been a massive story. ABC would have blown this thing out of the water, and all of this stuff would have been exposed. And who knows, maybe more victims could have been saved. But that story is just getting underway. We'll talk more about it as time allows today. But again, we have a packed program. We'll be back right after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 938 now, the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. So we all know about the Southern Poverty Law Center, right? Southern Southern Poverty Law Center is a left-wing hate group that makes its living and makes money, a lot of it, by branding Christian organizations as right-wing hate groups. Literally, that's what they do. They have tried to destroy many a business, including uh, uh, the the, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A uh, what am I trying to say? Fast food chain. I could not think of what I was trying to say there. The Chick-fil-A fast food chain, obviously, has uh, come under uh, target, uh, has been targeted by the SPLC, as have organizations that have supported Chick-fil-A. Well, another organization that found itself in the crosshairs of the SPLC is the D. James Kennedy Ministries. That's an organization, it's a Christian uh, media ministry in Florida, that has been branded as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. They filed a lawsuit against the SPLC for what is obvious defamation and discrimination. By branding them as a hate group, uh, they have damaged the reputation of the ministry and have limited the, their ability uh, to perform their uh, ministerial activities and duties with charities around the country. And joining us now to talk about that lawsuit and where it stands is the president and Chief Executive Officer of D. K. Uh, D. James Kennedy Ministries. His name is Dr. Frank Wright. Dr. Wright, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you, sir? Bob, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. This is a this is a topic that needs to be understood far beyond the impact on just one ministry like ours. No question about it. And we've seen, uh, you know, the the targeting of other organizations and other ministries besides yours. We try to spotlight this as much as we can. I don't think on a national stage, though, to be honest with you, Dr. Wright, uh, enough people are paying attention to what the SPLC really is. Can you give me your description and your definition of what the Southern Poverty Law Center is and what kind of damage it does to organizations, not just yours, but others? Well, I like your description well. I mean, it's a... It's, it's technically a public policy organization, uh, or I, I should say it's a left-wing attack organization disguised as a public policy organization. They think they're doing the world a favor, or they pretend to at least, by looking around for those who uh, disagree with their points of view and not arguing over the disagreement, just applying the label, the classic label from the left that the left always uses, and that is, well, you're just a hater. 
you know, as though you can stop the argument dead in its tracks by just labeling someone in that, in that manner. The SPLC started out as, uh, you know, with a pretty noble mission. It was born in 1971, the latter days of the civil rights era, and they were litigating against the Ku Klux Klan and some others and, and, and trying to extend some of the case law from the Civil Rights Act in, in the 60s. They were doing good work, and then as people realized that KKK wasn't much of a factor in anything anymore, their donations started to dry up, and they just quickly shifted gears and started looking uh, at groups that they could call out, and every one of them is really a group that diverges from the left-wing orthodoxy that the SPLC subscribes to. Bob, in our case, though, it's particularly concerning because the thing that they label us a hate group for quite frankly, is just that we subscribe to the historic Christian faith. We All of our doctrine comes out of the Word of God. And so what they're really doing here is trying to marginalize not just conservative voices, but Christian voices as well. And the next step in that, of course, they have this threefold plan. It's marginalize, demonize, and then criminalize. And uh, so they're well into this activity, and it's all fraudulent. I mean, it's, it's based on a definition that even the district court, uh, which heard the first round of the case, uh, said is meaningless. Their definition of hate is meaningless, and it's unprovable. Yet they're still taken as gospel by members of Congress, some law enforcement community members, and others. So it's very, they're a very disturbing organization, uh, undermining really the foundations of freedom for all Americans. We are talking with Dr. Frank Wright. He is the president of the D. James Kennedy Ministries and chief executive officer. Um, let's explore what that means, because what the judge said, as you pointed out, is that hate group uh, is protected by the First Amendment. Hate speech is thus protected by the First Amendment, and I am a First Amendment supporter, so I am fine with that if it were applied equally across the board. And here's what I don't understand, Dr. Wright. You, you look at what happened in uh, the state of New York just, uh, actually, I guess it was New York City, and I know that's different. We're talking about a city uh, uh, ordinance or a state law versus federal law. But uh, they decided that if you call someone an illegal alien in the state of, or in the city of New York, I think it's just a, a city ordinance, you can be fined up to $250,000 because that's considered hate speech. If you actually threaten to call ICE on someone that you suspect might be an illegal alien, if you use that phrasing, you can also be fined, and if you don't pay the fine, imprisoned for hate speech. Yet the SPLC can take organization. That's uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. They they're going to call us a hate group, and we just have to live with that label. Well, I mean that's how the left plays the game. You know, the, 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 their definition of tolerance is we get to tolerate them, they get to persecute us, and so this double standard is what is is uh, when I say undermining the foundations of freedom, it really and truly is because there's a set of set of rules that apply to them and their conduct and not to anybody else. Here's the thing that I think the SPLC really is, if you really want to get down to brass tacks, they're just reputational terrorists. Their aim, in their own literature, their aim is to destroy the organizations that disagree with them. You and I, Bob, subscribe to something that uh, John Milton loosely called the free marketplace of ideas. In the free marketplace of ideas, good ideas tend to rise and bad ideas tend to fall, but 
all ideas can be discussed uh, in a civil manner. Uh, there's no such thing in the in the in the mindset of the left wing these days of the free marketplace of ideas. It's they want to keep you out of the free marketplace. They want to keep the answer away from the mainstream public square where you can have an influence. There, there, I, it's just old-fashioned fascist censorship of trying to not uh, argue about the truth or falsity of your speech, but to prevent your speech from taking place. And in the case of what you just described, of forcing people to use certain language, you know, the, the stuff that's coming forward of forcing people to use uh, per, someone's gender preferred pronoun. Uh, the, the Supreme Court has always ru- ruled that compelled speech is unconstitutional. That right. governments cannot compel people to say things in a way that government insists that they should be said. But that's exactly what's going on here, and the court has yet to, to call them into account. So our hope is that our case will make it up to the appeals court, and uh, well, what we'd really like is to have a trial in front of the jury of our peers, because the SPLC's fraudulent activity that's been outed by their own former employees and former officials if that comes before a jury, I think the outcome will be pretty clear. But I want to follow. I want to follow up on that. I want to follow up on that part in a second about the former employees and officials. But I want to go back to something else. Yeah. In your yeah. statement announcing the appeal, the ministry's appeal uh, of the uh, judge's dismissal of the defamation suit, you correctly point out what a real hate group is. A real hate group is, you know, the KKK. A real hate group is neo Nazis. I would add to that, a real hate group is Antifa. But uh, but the point here is that, yeah. in, and I want to quote you. I hope that the media and the public will note well that the SPLC's defense rests upon the notion that their hate map is entirely arbitrary and artificial and that it cannot be proved whether any group belongs on it or not, end quote. I agree with you, Dr. Wright, but I very, very much doubt that that's the case. I don't think the media does note well that this is just arbitrary and that it is a left-wing organization that's going to argue on behalf of left-wing partners like the LGBT community in labeling any Christian group like yours that believes in the traditional biblical definition of marriage anything other than a hate group. Uh, the media will not note that well, and the people will just go on thinking, yep, the, you know, ministries like yours, the D. James Kennedy ministries, are a hate group. Well, that's very well said. You and I have been, and your audience, we've been watching uh, the death of journalism. There is no real journalism anymore. Journalism is nothing more than opinion written with a false shroud over it to make it look like it's, it's unbiased. I don't mind someone's opinion as long as they come clean about their, you know, how they arrived there. And so... There is no investigation of the SPLC. I mean, there have been some pieces that are done. Tucker Carlson did a great piece when he was back with uh, the, the Weekly Standard, and uh, there have been some really good investigative pieces. But the mainstream media won't touch this stuff. They won't. They ha- they don't have the honesty or the integrity to even look at this stuff anymore. Even when these former employees that we, you and I both just referenced call them out for their fraudulent activity, the scare tactics that they use to raise money, and here the federal judge says, look, the SPLC's definition of hate is unprovable. You can't prove it true. You can't prove it false. That's why he dismissed our case. He said, logic says if you can't be proved true or false, then you can't prove that they've defamed you either. 
Now, I think he threw aside what you just referred to a minute ago. There certainly is a common man understanding of what a hate group is, and violence is the key word. You know, so, but somehow, in the SPLC's fevered imagination, Christian ministries that are out taking care of the poor, operating homes for unwed mothers, uh, trying to make a difference in their communities, peacefully worshiping and teaching the Bible, somehow they're violent in the eyes of, uh, of the SPLC and others. But it's all a trick. This label of hate is all, is all false. It's just, a, it's just a, 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 a part of their scheme of marginalization, demonization, and criminalization. Dr. Ray, I've only got about a minute left, but real quick, can you go back to the point about, uh, that you, you were making about um, uh, former employees and officials with the SPLC coming out and, uh, and telling the truth about them? Can you give me more on that? big expose published in mainstream publications, interestingly enough, in which they admitted it was all a scam, that they laughed about how they could create pieces that would cause Northeastern liberals, that's where most of their, their uh, donor base comes from, mm-hmm. many of whom have never, never even met a, a real-life Christian, how they could scare them into, and they, they, it was a joke to them, it was all fraudulent, it was all made up, and uh, and they they knew it. They 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 knew they were playing a game like a like a barrel that you 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 know you spin around and then reach in and pull something out. And they come up with a new idea. Here's a new idea we can use to scare you know liberals uh, about conservatives and and the graft and the corruption and uh, and then we saw the president and the chairman of the board both just summarily dismissed over misconduct. Mm-hmm. And then here's an organization with three hundred million dollars in offshore accounts. You know, a 501c3 charity uh, with $300 million in offshore accounts, you would think this would be something that would be investigated, but we live in a world of where there is no investigative journalism anymore. That's exactly right. Journalistic curiosity is dead, I think. And uh, Listen, uh, Dr. Wright, I, I certainly, of course, uh, will be praying for you and your organization uh, that you are successful in your appeal of this federal judge's decision. You have to fight back. We have to fight back. Every organization that's been victimized by the likes of the SPLC need to fight back. So I certainly wish you the very best in doing that, sir. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for your great work in highlighting this stuff and, and bringing uh, truth to bear in the marketplace of ideas and dealing with the great moral, ethical, and cultural questions of our day uh, by bringing, you know, a rational mind and a and a biblical heritage to bear on it. I commend you for your great labors. Well, it's an honor to be on the right side of things, and and I believe we are right. Uh, doctor, thank you so much. Dr. Frank Wright, uh, no pun intended, uh, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer, back right after this. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM, it's the Bob France Authority. All right, short segment now, 956. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you we're very guest-heavy today. Coming up in a few, thanks again to Dr. Frank Wright for fighting on behalf of his ministry against the SPLC, the uh, organization I, I didn't know, by the way, about the $300 million. He said they have, the SPLC has $300 million in offshore accounts. How does a 501c3 nonprofit organization bank $300 million to put in an offshore account? Uh, just asking. Uh, but they have profited for far too long on their hate. Um, 
uh, allegations, while they themselves are indeed a hate group, intolerant of anything having to do with the Bible, with Christianity, uh, or anything on the right. So anyway, thanks to Dr. Wright. Coming up in a few after the top of the hour, uh, Dr., not Dr., rather, but Gregory Wright Stone. We're just going to add Stone to the end of the name there, but Gregory Wright Stone is going to be joining us to talk about getting out of the Paris Climate Accords. Thank goodness the President of the United States, another promise kept, has pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord. This, of course, has all of the chicken littles who are screaming that the sky is going to fall or the planet is going to melt or the oceans are going to rise or whatever. You remember all those things that um, Al Gore told us were going to happen by like 2010, back when he put his movie out, uh, An Inconvenient Truth, before he ran for president? Remember all that? Yeah, well, it's 2019 now, and uh, nothing even close to that is happening. As a matter of fact, uh, polar ice is expanding. It is at, uh, what, 50% bigger than it was at the time that movie came out. All of the nonsense uh, that we have been told just continues to be exposed as nonsense, and yet they are freaking out. Jane Fonda, speaking yesterday, she was on The View with some of the other uh, cackling hens talking about how we only have 11 years before this planet kills itself and humanity is threatened and mankind is going to be wiped out. Uh, and it's all because Donald Trump, by the way, pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords. Never mind the fact that the United States, without even being a part of the Paris Climate Accords, without being mandated by international agreement or treaty to lower our carbon output or anything else, uh, did exactly that. We just did it organically. We just do good things for this country and we do good things for the planet. Meanwhile, uh, other uh, um, uh, uh, signers of the Paris Climate Accord, including the two biggest Polluters in the world, China and India, have done nothing. They, they're not a part of this, and they have done nothing. But, of course, it's because Donald Trump pulled out of the climate accord. That's why this planet is going to melt. Try telling China to get on board and reduce their carbon output and their carbon footprints. Let me, let me know how that goes for you. The two biggest polluters are China and India. They are not a part of this agreement, and yet it's our fault. Uh, so, anyway, Greg, Gregory uh, Wrightstone is going to be joining us. He's a geologist. He's the author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. We'll talk more about that coming up after the news, which is now on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 